How do we find ourselves in a time such as this? And what I mean by that, when we search our souls during these tumultuous times, what do we find? We are faced with a desert of social distancing, changed work rhythms, and lifestyles. How do we respond? When we are thirsty, how do we seek to satisfy our thirst? When we are hungry, how do we seek to satisfy our hunger? When we are restless, how do we seek to satisfy our restlessness? And when we are scared, how do we seek comfort? We as humans are not strangers to this. This is one of the many times that humanity has to stare itself in the mirror and ask ourselves, what does it mean to be human? And how will we have our needs met? This has been on display recently, as we have seen through the lens of our news, social media, and socially distant conversations, how we are as humanity responding to the current pandemic, we are, how we are responding to one another, how divisive it seems that we have become, and how we have looked past the needs of the other, seeking the needs of ourselves. In the Old Testament scripture, we find ourselves in a very similar situation where it seems that the, the desert life had caught up with Israel. They are met with a tension, a tension of the way things were and the tension of the way that things are to come. You see, there is something really interesting happening to Israel in the scripture, and there is something that is happening here for all of us. So I'll rehash the scripture story real quick of Exodus 17, 1-7. Israel had been freed from tyranny of the slavery to Egypt. They had this Michael Bay level escape from Egypt, and now they find themselves wandering the desert on their way to the promised land. But as most of the time when it deals with God and us, it does not go as we planned. As Israel is wandering the desert, they begin to complain because... Well, they are thirsty. And, I mean, it does make sense. They are in the desert, after all. You know, you would get thirsty. But this isn't a story purely about thirst. This is a story about provision. And it's also a story about the systems that took care of us. Israel is thirsty, and they begin to complain to Moses. They get to a point where they begin to complain to Moses and even going as far as saying they were better off as slaves. Hear that again. They were better off as slaves in a system where Egypt killed their young. They were better off as slaves. They were willing to give up the freedom that God had given them because it wasn't comfortable because it was difficult to live the free life. They're willing to give up because the desert was difficult. They were willing to give up their freedom they had in God because the desert can be difficult. They would rather be enslaved and comfortable than free and thirsty. And you know what? Sometimes when I stare into the mirror, that is me as well. 
This is me because there's so many times that I would rather run back to being a slave of the systems of this world and rather do the difficulty of following after God. I'd rather be comfortable and enslaved and free and thirsty. I'd rather forget the miracle of salvation and trade it in for the cheap grace of a system that will keep me comfortable. Moses takes Israel to a rock. He strikes his staff against the rock and water springs forth. And Israel is shown once again that God is with them and that God will take care of them. A rock being broken and water springs forth. A water that gives life. I hope you can see where this is leading us. John 4, 7 through 15, a Samaritan woman came up to uh, to a well to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me some water to drink. His disciples had gone into the city to buy him some food. Samaritan woman asked, Why do you, a Jewish man, ask for something to drink from me, a Samaritan woman? Jesus responded, If you recognize God's gift and who is saying to you, Give me some water to drink, you will be asking him, and he would give you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, You don't have a bucket and the well is deep. Where would you get this living water? You aren't greater than our father Jacob, are you? He gave this well to us, and he drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks from the water that I will give will never be thirsty again. The water I give will become in Uh, will become in those who drink it a spring of water that bubbles up into eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will never be thirsty again and will never need to come to here to draw water. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. A woman caught up in the systems of this world is offered an opportunity in the desert that she walked, a rock broken open. And water sprung forth. John 7, 31-39 Many of the crowd that had gathered believed in Jesus. They said, when the Christ comes, will he do more miraculous signs than this man does? The Pharisees heard the crowd whispering such things about Jesus, and the chief priests and the priests and the Pharisees sent guards to arrest him. Therefore Jesus said, I'm still with you for a little while before I go to the one who sent me. You will look for me, but you won't find me. And where I am, you can't come. The Jewish opposition asked each other, Where does he intend to go that we can't find him? Surely he intends to go where our people have been scattered and are living among the Greeks. He isn't going to teach the Greeks, is he? he? What does he mean when he says, You will look for me? But you won't find me. Where I am, you can't come. On the last and most important day of the festival, Jesus stood up and shouted, All who are thirsty should come to me. All who believe in me should drink. As the scriptures said concerning me, rivers of living water will flow out from within him. Jesus said this concerning the Spirit. Those who believed in him should receive the Spirit, but they hadn't experienced the Spirit yet since Jesus hadn't yet been glorified. This is the word of God. 
Thanks be to God. Jesus was a rock broken in the desert to give us life and remind us that we are no longer slaves to the system of this world. From his side pierced our from his side pierced from our transgressions, blood and water flowed. We are freed. But with that freedom comes a great difficulty to actually remain free because we are creatures of comfort and we will desire comfort over the difficulties of the life that Christ's brokenness calls us into. As Christ calls us into the desert, we will be thirsty. But part of that thirst is to find ourselves satisfied in Christ and not in the systems of this world and the comfort that they try to give. Because honestly... Part of what this pandemic has shown us is that the things of this world will not give us comfort, nor do they even give us hope. I find myself more often than not more hopeless than hopeful. If I take account of the things, I find myself hopeless because the systems that once brought me comfort have been scattered to the wind. And I find how little I trusted in Christ, how the things of this world really never gave me comfort and not real and what they did help me realize is that I was not trusting God. My eyes have been open to how thirsty my soul really is. Now what does that lead us to? It leads us to our epistle this week. Philippians two, one through thirteen. Therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort in love, any sharing in the Spirit, any sympathy Complete my joy by thinking the same way, having the same love, being united and agreeing with each other. Don't do anything for selfish purposes, but with humility, think of others as better than yourselves. Instead of each person watching out for their own good, watch out for what is better for others. Adopt the attitude that is in Christ Jesus. Though he was in the form of God, he did not consider him being equal with God, something to exploit. But he emptied himself by taking the form of a slave and by becoming like human beings. When he found himself in the form of a human, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, and God highly honored him and gave him a name above all names, so that the name of Jesus, everyone in heaven and on earth and under the earth might bow and every tongue confess that the Jesus that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father therefore my loved ones just as you always obey me not just when I am present but now even more while I I am away carry out your own salvation with fear and trembling God is the one who enables both to want and actually to live out his good purpose This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. It seems that what my soul is thirsty for is us. It is the body of Christ to find unity in love, to do the things that Christ has placed before us. The rock that was broken in the desert lives on through us. As we read in John, when Christ talked to the Samaritan woman, when water was living water is given, it overflows. When when he talked about it later with the Pharisees, he talked about how it belongs to all of us. 
We are called to be living water to, and to overflow into the deserts of this world. And yet we can't even seem to sit down as the body of Christ and agree with each other. And being the body unified in love. It seems that when we read through the epistle today, we as the body of Christ have skipped some very important lines of what it actually means to live with the freedom of Christ. Versus what we think freedom means for us. Freedom in Christ is a freedom that does not do things for selfish purposes, but with a humility, thinking of others as better than yourselves. This stands as stark to a freedom that we traditionally think of. That is the freedom of this world. The freedom of the systems of this world that says you should be able to do whatever you want, when you want to. That it is a freedom of this world that tells us that it is all about you. It is your personal freedom. And you can use that personal freedom and leverage it against those around you because you are free. It is a my individual freedom versus a communal freedom that we find in Christ. I want to say this again. Because this to me was revelation while writing this sermon. Freedom of the individual is a freedom of comfort versus the communal freedom that we find in Christ. Now say that again. Freedom of the individual is a freedom of comfort versus the communal freedom that we find in Christ. Freedom of the individual is a freedom of comfort versus the communal freedom we find in Christ. I say this because I stare into the thirst that I see in our country's soul right now. As we walk together in this desert of pandemic and the disunity we find offered by politics of our time, I hear a recurring statement. This is my freedom. This is my freedom. This is my freedom. And here we have an Apostle Paul telling us that instead of people watching out for their own good, watch out what is for better for others. We have the Apostle Paul telling us that perhaps the freedom we need, that we are truly thirsty for, is not to look to satisfy our own thirst, but maybe seeking to find water for the other we can actually find water for ourselves. It is almost like the Christ broken, broken for us gave us water. Christ gave up his individual freedom so that we can find a communal freedom. As Paul reminded us, though he, had, though he was in the form of God, he did not consider being equal with God something to exploit I love that word exploit, that he had the individual freedom of God, the creator, the all-father, the one who is in everything. And he did not see it as something to exploit, but instead he humbled himself by taking the form of a slave and be, by becoming like human beings. And when he found himself in the form of a human, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross, Christ gave up his individual freedom for the sake of our freedom. And now we are invited, as Paul invites us, 
because Christ invited him to give up the comfort of our own individual freedom into the new system of communal freedom, a system that gives us all living water. Because we can only be free when all are free. Christ knew this, and by the brokenness of his body, he who had individual freedom, he who was equal with God, he showed us the path to freedom for everyone. And now we as Christians are met with an interesting place. Do we look to ourselves? Do we look to do the work necessary to look how the systems of this world have tricked us into thinking that they are giving us a freedom and how they not just affect us, but the other in blinding us and about how our individual freedom may tread on their freedom. How we still live as thirsty lives and by not acknowledging the thirst of others. Or do we take a step back and pretend that none of this happened to live in ignorance so that we could continue to exercise our own individual freedom? The good crafters of the lectionary leave us with this example from the Gospels. This is the Gospel reading this week from Matthew 21, 23-32. When Christ entered the temple, the chief priests, the elders of the people came to him as he was teaching. They asked, what authority do you have for doing these things? Who gave you this authority? Jesus replied, I have a question for you. And if you tell me the answer, I'll tell you what kind, what kind of authority I do these things. Where did John get his authority to baptize? Did he get it from heaven or from humans? They argued among themselves. If we say from heaven, he'll say to us, well, then why didn't you believe him? But we can't say from humans because we're afraid of the crowd since everyone thinks John was a prophet. Then they replied, we don't know. And Jesus said, neither will I tell you what kind of authority I do these things. What do you think? A man had two sons. Now he came to the first and said, son, go and work in the vineyard today. No, I don't want to, he replied. But later he changed his mind and went. The father said the same thing to the other son, who replied, Yes, sir, but he didn't go. Which of these did, which of these two did the father's will? They said the first one. And Jesus I said to them, I assure you the tax collectors and prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John, who came to you on the righteous road, and you didn't believe him, but the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him. Yet, even after you saw this, you didn't change your hearts and lives, and you didn't believe him. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Jesus enters into the temple, and the people who controlled the idea of freedom for the Jews, those in the religious power, question on whose authority is Jesus forgiving sin, and thus freeing them from a system where they would have to pay to get their sacrifices so that the system so that they could be freed. There was a system of this world that gave them individual freedom, but it cost them money. And the people who were in charge of that system, well, they didn't like that. And Jesus answers them wisely, saying, To whom who gave John the Baptist the authority to baptize in the desert? See, the religious leaders are caught. The people love John the Baptist because, well, get this, he was in the wilderness, also known as a desert, and he was baptizing them, giving them water. And what was John doing? 
He was calling out the comforts of this world, hence his straggly appearance and weird diet, and saying that there's a difference in a comfort that the Lord is calling us to. The people who heard this message felt that thirst and were moved by it. The religious leaders needed to recognize it because their community of followers recognized it. Here, the power that there is in the people. We sit so many times scarning our leaders and not recognizing that in this scripture, what Jesus is actually pointing to is the authority of the people to dictate what is happening here and the religious leaders in order to want to stay in their authority or freedom and power had to listen to them the religious leaders though are blind because they realize that they don't actually have the authority but it is somebody else who gives that authority to them what jesus is doing here is calling out the man behind the curtain i tell you this as a religious leader I want to say this loud and clear. I have no authority. I have a piece of paper that said I spent $60,000 on a degree where I spent intense time studying the Bible. The actual authority lies in God. And God is the one who stirs the heart of people. And Jesus is calling out the religious leaders on this. And so Jesus tells a parable of those who are willing to listen about the work of the vineyard and two sons. And the answer is obvious. Those who first heard the message, but maybe just threw it away, but still obeyed, did what God had called them to do. And that is what's true for us now. Jesus tags on in uh, what Jesus tags on is important for us to hear. Yet, even though you saw you didn't change your hearts and lives, and you didn't believe John the Baptist. How often will we continue to live in systems that benefit us as individuals instead of systems that benefit all of us? How often do we hear the words of Christ, seeing the works of Christ in our brothers and sisters, and instead we choose to ignore it or discount it because it does not, because we do not want to change our hearts, and our lives. Because changing means that it would cause discomfort. Changing means we may lose our authority. Changing means that we may have to go thirsty. God, through Christ, reminds us that we need to trust in Christ and not to worry for the lilies of the field and the birds of the air. And yet, so much of our life is based on not having authority or seeing how our individual freedom is treaded upon. I know I need to end this sermon as it's getting long, but before I want to end, I want to end where we were with Paul, and that is, we need to find unity in love. If we want our thirst satisfied as Christ calls us, we as the body of Christ need to find unity in love. Notice how the part of unity in love means that we need to find ways to agree with each other. We need to find ways to figure out what truth is, and we need to find ways to agree upon it. And I think Paul offers us a good place to start via the life of Christ. We will find unity in love. When we, fi- we will find unity in love, we will find a way to agree with each other. 
when we do not do the things for selfish ambition or purpose. We will find unity in love. We will find a way to agree with each other when we humble ourselves and think of others as better than ourselves. Yes, others. And we need to remember when we hear the words of Christ, when we think of others, who is your neighbor? We need to think of everyone as others, not just those who have the same skin color as us, not just those who have the same political views as us, not those who have, not just those who have the same with no criminal background, not even those who just have the same religious views as us, not just those who act like us. As the voice cries out in the desert, as the rock that was broken in the desert, come to me all who are thirsty, all who are thirsty. I want to stress it again, all who are thirsty. Freedom is for all who are thirsty. Not just individuals who proclaim the freedom in Christ, but all who are thirsty to find that freedom in Christ. The other is the all, and the all is the other. If we were to stop watching out for our own good as individuals and start looking for the good of the us and the other, for all of the others, then we might find ourselves in you love and in unity. We might find ourselves having the same mind as Christ, who was broken for all. And I will end as Paul has ended. Therefore, my loved ones, just as you obey, always obey me, not just when I am present, but now even more while I'm away, carry out your salvation with fear and trembling. God is the one who enables you both to want and actually to live out his good purpose. Inside of freedom, there is, free, there is fear and trembling. But that is a freedom when we seek the need of the others that God is inviting us into through the sacrifice of Christ and by these words of Paul. Because it is God who enables us both to want and actually to live out his good purpose. Thanks be to God. Amen. Also, please remember to wash your hands.